Good morning again. Come, be seated, please. This is Thanksgiving week, and so in light of that, this morning what I want us to do is to meditate upon the biblical theology of giving thanks to the Lord. And by doing that, I want us to turn to Psalm 92, and we will look intently at this psalm this morning. And when we believers get it, get what's written here, we should never be at a loss for having thankful praise to our Father in heaven. Let's pray. So Father, allow your word to do its work. Allow Psalm 92 to do its work. Allow the gospel to do its work, which is unto the goal that we give thanks, that we praise you. There's nothing greater that you could give to us than that. And there is no one more worthy of being praised and thanked than you. So let us, let us taste it this morning. Let us feel it. Cause our souls and hearts, our minds and our walk to be in line with this, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. We are to always give thanks. And yet we all know experientially there are all kinds of life experiences, relationships, emotional, physical, fears that make it really difficult to have a praise-filled, thankful heart. Anybody relate? All right. Toothache will do it even, huh? But, but I, don't, I don't know, maybe, I don't know if there's anybody in here of us that, that, that was in a situation that was as frightening and could be as discouraging and depressing as Paul in when they were in the Philippian jail. And we read this as we did a few months ago. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they're beaten and threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. And about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Paul and Silas knew Psalm 92, and they knew it well. And no matter what situations any of us find ourselves in, the psalmist tells us in verse 1, it is good, it's really good, to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High. And God's people in Christ don't look 
to your trials as a believer. And don't look to your sin and to your failings and to your worldly circumstances for reasons not to give thanks to the Lord today. Look to Psalm 92. And that's what we'll do. And there are three main reasons this psalm gives us to give thanks. The first is, it is really good to give thanks to the Lord because of who He is and what He has done for us in Jesus. Secondly, it's really good to give thanks to the Lord because the world will eventually be judged. And we have been saved from that judgment as our condemnation. It's really good to give thanks to Him if you're a believer. And thirdly, as Paul inside us in the prison, it's good to give thanks to the Lord because He does cause His people, not just merely temporally, but He causes His people, even here, even here, but unendingly, to flourish. That's the psalm. Let's look at it. But first notice Psalm 92. You see the heading there? Not the bold type heading. That, that's added by the editors, the Bible, and whichever one put it out. But that, that one heading that says, a psalm, a song for the Sabbath. That's Bible. That's part of the Bible. This psalm was for what we do every Sunday. This psalm is for the congregation meeting together week after week. And we pick up in verse 1. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night. To the music of the lute and the harp, to the melody of the lyre or the guitar. For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands I sing for joy. How great are your works, O Lord. Your thoughts are very deep. So it is good, it is right to give thanks to the Lord because he is Yahweh. That's what Lord there translates. His personal name that he revealed to Moses and to Israel, the covenant-keeping creator of the universe. That's why it's good to give thanks. And then he goes on and calls him the Most High. The Lord, the Most High. It's good to give thanks because there is none higher. He's ultimate. He is sovereign. Psalm 97 verse 9 proclaims, For you, O Lord, are most high over all the earth. You are exalted above all gods. So this is the question for us to ask during this Thanksgiving week and our Thanksgiving gatherings, is the Lord my most high over all the temptations of false gods in my life? Is He the highest 
the most important, the most central being in my life? Now, that's a subjective question. The text is clear, though. As a matter of fact, whether one is thankful for it or recognizes it, he is most high. He's the one who spoke the universe into existence and spoke your very self-consciousness, being, into existence. Therefore, he should be thanked, adored, praised, and any human creature that does not give him thanks, does not praise this one and only true God who is most high, that person is guilty of horrible ingratitude. And that was every single one. That's the foundation of the gospel Paul preached as he begins the great unfolding of the gospel of Jesus Christ in Romans 1 when he declared, For what can be known about God is plain to them, that is us human sinful beings. It's made plain to them because God has shown it to them. For His invisible attributes, namely His eternal power and His divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. For although deep down in the recesses of their consciousness, although they knew God They did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him. But they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened, claiming to be wise. They became fools. It's at the core of sin. Arrogant, prideful persons do not give thanks. They did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him. But the Gospel goes on, doesn't it? And Jesus bore sin, the punishment for that sin, upon those whom He will redeem and save and change and put that thankfulness into their hearts. It's a sign that they're a Christian. And, And that's why God's covenant people are in tune with Psalm 92, verses 1 and 2. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to Your name, O Most High, to declare Your steadfast love in the morning and Your faithfulness at night. 
We who are believers in Jesus, no matter the circumstances, we never lack reasons to praise God, to thank God. Uh, unless, unless we are just so self-centered and darkened in our ability to perceive reality at that moment, which we are. But we never really lack objective reasons to thank Him, to praise Him, because His goodness and His grace and His faithfulness are everywhere. Every Christian should love to sing. Even if you can't hold a tune like me, you should love to sing, to praise, and to give thanks to God for His unimaginable goodness. It's really simple. It's just gospel. Let me give you a taste, friends. I'm going to read from the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 1. See if this is enough to be thankful for. Paul writes to we who are no longer in darkness but have seen the light of the goodness of the glory of God in Jesus Christ. And he, by the Spirit, changed us. He writes to us, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world. That we should be holy and blameless before Him. You, you see, in love, He predestined us for adoption through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of His will unto, and this is what He means in the hearts of the saints, unto the praise of the glory. Of his grace. Now, to say, therefore, we ought to always be thankful, I know is easier to say than to feel. But even with all of our temporal setbacks, life happens, trauma, pains, question is this Is what I just read from Ephesians 1, is that not enough? For us to always, as Christians, be thankful. To praise God for His steadfast love and faithfulness toward us in Jesus Christ. As the psalmist says, to declare your steadfast love in the morning. And then your faithfulness at nighttime. Day after day. If we think about the Lord's faithful love toward us with a biblical, with a, with a gospel-centered worldview, then we will have a lot of reasons to thank Him and to praise Him day after day. 
And this is one of the main reasons why this psalm is for the Lord's Day. This is why we meet every Lord's Day, to sing, to praise our glorious Father in heaven, to praise our Lord Jesus Christ, to reflect upon the truths of Ephesians 1 and throughout the Scripture, and therefore to draw our hearts up into thankfulness to the Lord. That's essentially what this text is telling us. Let's hear it again. Start with verse 1. It is good to give thanks to the Lord every Sabbath. It is good to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night to the music of the lute and the harp, to the melody of the lyre, the guitar. For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands, I Sing for joy. <clears throat> that Lord's Day congregational singing is unpacked in the very last Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Here's a command. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. Praise Him for His mighty deeds. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with trumpet sound. Praise Him with lyre and harp. Praise Him with tambourine and dance. Praise Him with strings and pipe. Praise Him with sounding cymbals. Praise Him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise Yahweh, the Lord. So what's the reason for this heartfelt, corporate expression of thanksgiving? It's right there in verses 4 and 5 of our text. It is good to give Thanks to the Lord, verse 4, for you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. That's why. At the works of your hands, I sing for joy. How great are your works, O Lord. Your thoughts, Lord are very deep. All of God's works point to His thoughts. Your thoughts are very deep, Lord. And He has not left us in the dark. He has revealed oh so much of His thoughts in this book. Reminds us of Isaiah 55, doesn't it? For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. 
For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Oh, how true that is. If any of us were left to figure out how to do the universe and sin, what we would think is truth, we would do it so, so differently. Not because we're good, but because we're evil. And we're bent toward idolatry. But here's the question then, since God's thoughts are higher, and as he says here, oh, your ways, your thoughts are so deep. This is what I ask you then, this Thanksgiving week. Have you had your eyes opened to see the deep thinking of God's ways to such an extent that it causes you to sing, to praise Him corporately and alone? Have you seen in Scripture? And do you continue to read it? And to absorb it and to memorize it alone and to draw up to God? If that's true and He's doing that in your life, that's reason to thank Him. To thank Him that you're no longer left in your former sinful, darkened state of blindness. We should be thankful. In other words, you're not left where you were. Like the person of verses 6 to 9 in Psalm 92. This is contextual here why it's there. The stupid man cannot know. The fool cannot understand this. Here it is. That though the wicked sprout like grass and all evildoers flourish, they are doomed to destruction forever. But you, O Lord, are on high forever. For behold, your enemies, O Lord, for behold, your enemies shall perish. All evildoers shall be Scattered. Stupid man cannot know. The fool cannot understand this. In the midst of this psalm, this psalm of praise, this psalm of thanksgiving, the writer refers to the godless flourishing in this life all around us. For a time, like grass, here today, gone tomorrow. And that's the reality. And no wonder, therefore, that God's thoughts are beyond our thoughts. As verse 5 says, your thoughts are very deep. But the point is this. Believers are not to think wrongly about that. We're not to think short-sightedly about this present world. 
If we do, it's going to be hard to be thankful. But you don't get it. Evil, evil doers all around me in my life are laughing and having a ball and financial luxury and good health. And I'm struggling with this and that and the other thing. It'll be really hard to be thankful. The psalmist says, yes, it's true. But they only sprout like grass for a short time. And then they're doomed to destruction forever. But in Christ, we are not spiritually stupid anymore. By His grace, we see the truth. And it makes us glad and deeply thankful. Verse 4, For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your works. At the works of your hands, I sing for joy. In verse 9, for behold, your enemies, O Lord, for behold, your enemies shall perish. All evildoers shall be scattered. And so, we have seen that it is good to give thanks to the Lord because He's the Lord. Because of who He is and what He has done for us in Christ. And it is good to sing praises to His name and to be thankful because He will triumph over all his enemies. And finally, it's good to give heartfelt thanks and praise to God because our God does cause us to flourish. He does cause us to thrive as aliens and as sojourners down here in this world that reaches into eternity unendingly. Let's read it. Verse 10 through 15. But you have exalted my horn like that of the wild ox. You have poured over me fresh oil. Has he ever done that? The oil of the Spirit upon you refreshes you. My eyes have seen the downfall of my enemies. My ears have heard the doom of my evil assailants. The righteous, they flourish like, not like grass, like the palm tree. And they grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They're planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. They still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green in order to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock. There is no unrighteousness in Him. Wow. 
So here we go. There are some specific things to be grateful for this week and every week. Does the Father by the Holy Spirit ever refresh your soul? Ever renew your strength in Christ? If the answer is yes, then you should sing. You should sing thanksgiving songs to Him. Verse 10, But you have exalted my horn like that of the wild ox. Oil over its horns and shiny. You have poured over me fresh anointing, fresh oil. And we should be thankful for verse 11. My eyes have seen the downfall of my enemies. My ears have heard the doom of my evil assailants. We fight not, we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but with spiritual forces of wickedness and darkness. We, as believers in Jesus, for a short time, are guaranteed a battlefield in this world. But Christ has secured our ultimate victory. And that's the point. That's the point that the Holy Spirit made crystal clear through the Apostle Paul in Romans 8. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Answer, no one. Answer, nothing that you can imagine. Nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So no wonder we say... With Psalm 92, verse 1, it is good to give thanks to the Lord. To sing praises to your name, O Most High. If you belong to Christ, if your faith is in the goodness of the salvation that is in Jesus, then you're declared righteous before God. And verses 12 to 14 are your possession. The righteous flourish like the palm tree. And they grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. They still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green. Are you a part of the house of the Lord? Are you a member of His people? Is He really no longer your enemy? Have you been flourishing as a Christian for two years and you're still in your 20s? You should wake up every day like a baby looks at their hands and 
just be amazed. You, you grabbed hold of me early in life. Oh, don't, don't let me waste it. You should be amazed at his mercy and grace upon you. Have you been flourishing in Christ for decades and decades? You wake up and you realize, I still love Him. I haven't abandoned Him. He has kept me. After all these years, is there still fruit on your tree after everything you've been through? Every struggle and marriage and child rearing and work, sickness, and you're still with the Lord. And you and I should continue to fall on our faces in awe and gratitude all the time. And particularly this Thanksgiving. Do you know why God created you and why He grabbed hold of you? Sending His Son to put away your sin so that the Holy Spirit would in pure, holy righteousness come upon you and awaken you from the dead to enjoy Christ. Do you know why He redeemed you from ultimate destruction? So that you would bear fruit. It's right there in verse 14 and 15. They still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green. Why? It's the next line. This is why. To declare. To say. To sing. That the Lord, He is upright. He is my rock. And there is no unrighteousness in Him. Yes, there is the problem of evil from the fall of Adam on. Yes. Evil was done by kids going into high schools and shooting to death innocence. Yes, tsunamis wipe out thousands at a time. Sickness and disease kills loved ones and eventually will kill us one way or another. Wicked seemingly prospers all around. But the redeemed declare in the midst of it, the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there's no unrighteousness in Him. And that is said in light of the apparent temporal flourishing of God-haters God belittlers 
But no, he's our rock. And the text is clear. We know the judgment day is coming. That's part of being a Christian is to know that. And all will be set perfectly right. In perfect holiness. In perfect justice. No one will be treated unfairly. And God, He is upright and He is righteous. And this is how the Holy Spirit puts that through the Apostle Paul in 2 Thessalonians. God considers it just to repay with affliction those who afflict you and to grant relief to you who are afflicted as well as to us. Got to wait for it though. You got to wait. He's going to do it when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven. That's when. When the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with His mighty angels in flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His might when Jesus comes on that day in order to be glorified in His saints and to be marveled at among all who have believed. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command and with the voice of the archangel and the dead in Christ. They will rise first. And then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will always be with the Lord. And therefore, we declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in Him. So as we gather every Lord's day, As we gather this Thanksgiving week, Psalm 92 wants us to know it is good to give thanks to the Lord. It is good to sing praises to your name, O Most High. It is good because of who God is and what He has done for us in Christ. It is good Because He will triumph over all evil and He will set things right forever 
so that we will sing his praises and we will be eternally grateful for our redemption in Jesus Christ when he returns and raises us from the dead in order to be glorified in us as we will then be unhinderedly enjoying him unendingly. Let's pray. Holy Father, it is it is right. It is good to give thanks to you. It is good to sing praises to your name. Father, because you, the perfect Holy One, sent your Son. You crushed your Son. The one who drank the bitter cup reserved for me. Your blood has washed away my sin. Oh, Jesus. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Let us.